Amen. Well, we're going to begin uh, our time in God's Word together uh, with some scripture reading and looking at a story that we often pass over as we move through the Christmas season. And obviously Christmas is gone. We've moved into the new year. But so often we move too quickly past those events that happen in Luke chapter 2 after the birth of Jesus. And so today we read from Luke chapter 2, and it begins in verse 22. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written, in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two small pigeons. Now there was in Jerusalem a man called Simeon, who was a righteous and devout man. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and glory for your people Israel. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the fact that you always keep your promise. We pray that you would give consolation to your people, comfort to your people, especially as you have dismissed some of your servants in peace to be in your presence forever. God, we ask your blessing uh, on your word today. Speak to us that we might be revived, our attitudes might be changed, and we might wait in expectation for all that you will do. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's good to be back with you all. Thank you for your prayers. We had a good time visiting with my parents, which was a very rare treat uh, over Christmas. Spent seven weeks back in Texas with family um, and being able to support and be there. And I I thank you for your prayers as we were gone. Uh, Like many of you watching that end of the year cycle, celebrating the birth of our Savior and King, and what was interesting to me is that how many people expected January 1st Uh, 2021 to bring in something new. We always kind of have that with New Year's, right? But this year especially, when 2020 had been such a difficult year with pandemics and uh, economic distress and uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the forest fires out west and the murder hornet thing in the store. I mean, there were just so many things in the news. And I thought, well, gosh, 2021, if we can just get there, Of course, then we got here and not everything changed. I mean, all of a sudden the pandemic wasn't gone. The vaccines haven't magically rolled out. Everything isn't immediately better. What were your expectations? What were you longing for? 
You know, it's interesting to me, is in this story that we see, uh, I highlighted a man named Simeon. But before we look at him, let's make sure we highlight all the parts of this passage because I think they have something to say to us. Look again at verse 22. When the time came uh, for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus, took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer those sacrifices in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two small pigeons. Now, some of us, when we read these stories and maybe we look at it at Christmas time, we move too quickly past some of these details. We start thinking, well, maybe they're unimportant to our lives or maybe that was something, you know, reference to Jewish laws and feast codes that don't apply to us as Christians anymore. And yet I really firmly believe that God put everything in his word for a reason. That it all has something to say to us. And we think, why in the world would God require that every firstborn male be, be consecrated to the Lord? Every firstborn child be consecrated to the Lord. Why did, were they required to offer a special sacrifice? If you were wealthy, it was usually a, a lamb or a ram. Uh, if you were poor, you could offer, as Jesus' family did, two small pigeons or two small doves. Why were these sacrifices required to sort of purchase back that firstborn? What is that even referring to? Well, in the Old Testament, uh, we're told in Exodus chapter 13, that's where we first see this commandment. It was during Moses' time when Moses led the people out of slavery into the new freedom of the people of God, into this new experience of a walk with God. And in Exodus chapter 13, verse 11, it says, After the Lord brings you into the land of Canaan, that promised land, and gives it, and gives it to you as he promised on oath to your ancestors, you are to offer to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. In other words, if you have a flock of goats, herd of cattle, sheep, whatever it was, the very firstborn of every womb would be sacrificed to God. You go ahead and offer to the Lord, burn it up. It, it's going to be for God, not for you. It's not to grow your herd. The firstborn is given over to the Lord. Well, what about the firstborn children? Those aren't given to God. It goes on in, in chapter 13. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Verse 13, redeem with a lamb every firstborn uh, donkey, but if you don't redeem it, break its neck and redeem every firstborn from among your sons. So for a firstborn child, obviously, you would redeem that child. Why would God require such an odd thing from his people you're supposed to multiply be fruitful be multiply you want your flocks to grow you want to celebrate why redeem why in the middle of this well the scripture tells us first of all it had a purpose number one it was to remember the passover to remember that god had brought his people out of slavery and that final terrible tenth plague was the destruction of the firstborn of all of egypt when the death angel passed over and the Israelites were to sacrifice a, a lamb uh, and put the blood over their doorpost so that the death angel would pass over. It, it's a kind of a horrific story. 
But it's a story that points to Jesus, the Messiah. It's a story that points to the fact that God's own firstborn son would be a sacrifice, that sacrificial lamb that would pay for the sins of all who would put their faith in him. You know, God had already given the Passover feast. God had already given an annual reminder every single year to remember the Passover, to remember salvation that he had brought and to foreshadow the salvation that was to come. But God in his wisdom knew that the people needed more reminders. I think we need more reminders. Do you find yourself thinking about the salvation that Jesus has brought to us that he has given for us that he sacrificed to obtain on for our benefit too often we scoot past the fact that Jesus died on a cross for our sins we move too quickly here God put in place another reminder number two it was a reminder that everything belongs to God so quickly so quickly we want to grow our wealth, our retirement funds, our families. We have plans. You know, get that fence put up. Plant some new sod. I've got a little housing projects. I've come back from Texas. I got some things. I, okay, I got to get going on that. We have our own little empires we want to build. And I love how the very first thing God says, no, wait, you give to me first. The giver of every good blessing. You know, tithing, giving of the money to the God every month, of our first fruits, it's not really for God. He owns it all. It's to remind us that He owns it all. And that's finally, it's a reminder to prioritize the Lord. Prioritize the Lord. I can imagine here's the celebration for a young couple, the firstborn child. And the very first thing you're expected to do is go to the temple. Now, I'm thinking fix up the baby room. I'm fixing to make some new clothes. I'm fi- you've got to go and show all our relatives. But at the very beginning, go. Offer that sacrifice. Remember that the Lord is first. That this child who you are raising really is not your child, but belongs to the Lord. How do we consecrate our families? How do we do that? So this event became a sign. In in verse 16 of Exodus 13, it says, And this will be, this, this dedication of the firstborn, it will be a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Not literally a tattoo on their forehead, but the doing of the action reminded the people everything belongs to God. God is the priority, and we have a great salvation I guess my question to you today just at the beginning of this little message is what are you doing what are you doing to remember that gift of salvation what are you doing to remember that God owns it all it's all his we're just stewards and what are you doing to prioritize the Lord in all of your actions I'm trying this year, it's kind of my new, one of these resolutions I come back to, kind of like, okay, I'm going to lose weight, or oh yeah, I'm going to exercise, or oh yeah, I come back to those pretty, pretty regularly in my life, um, is to pray first. 
I tend to complain first. I tend to worry first. I tend to find somebody I got to talk to because I just got to have someone to talk to about this. What if I prayed first? Before any conflict that I'm having to deal with, before any work situation that I'm having to handle, before any stress or problem, or what if I prioritize God and prayed first? What little thing could you do in your life? Is it just maybe spending time in his word each day? What will you do to remember? Well, let's move on today because I want to look specifically uh, in Luke 2 at this man, Simeon. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Don't miss verse 25. Listen how God and through his word, through his servant Luke, describes Simeon. He was righteous and devout. He was waiting with expectation for the consolation, the comfort, the restoration of the people of God, of Israel. And number three, he was living in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. Those are pretty good. When I look at my life and who I want to be, I think being like Simeon would be a good goal. Would I live according to God's word? When God says yes, I say yes. Where God says no, I say no. I live in an aunt that God owns it all, that I prioritize him living in a way that is righteous and devout. Would I also not be so selfish that I'm only concerned about me, but I'm concerned about the comfort and restoration for people. I'm concerned about justice in our world. I'm concerned about those who are hurting, who are grieving. I'm concerned about those who are less fortunate than me. I want to see God's kingdom come. And number three, as Paul challenges, challenges all of us in Galatians 5, live by the Spirit. And you won't gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I think that Simeon got this incredible promise from the Lord. That he would see the Lord's Messiah. In part because he was in a right position. Living the right way. Looking for the right things. And walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. In 2021, what are you looking for? COVID vaccine? Anybody, anybody figure out how to get that yet? I mean, it's, supposedly it's out there. In, in Texas, they're rolling it out. My parents are on a list. I think they've gotten signed up. They're expecting a phone call or you have to log in. Then you have to get a phone call. Then you have to sign up on something else. Then you have to go to a, I, I don't know. No one seems to be able to figure out. I heard on the news the other day in New York, it was like, there's like these little back channels like, oh, I heard if you go to this hospital, there's no wait. I mean, it's always like, I, I don't know if you heard that. It's like, oh my goodness. I, I don't know. Are you waiting for that? Some of us are waiting, are you waiting for retirement? Oh, if I can just get to that last day. Some of you guys are waiting for maybe a graduation, if I can finish that degree. Most of us are just saying, can we get back to normal, whatever normal was? And it's amazing to me how many people are looking for what's next. How many job changes have happened? Now, some because they've lost their jobs, but others because they're actually changing or moving or just making a life adjustment. I think right now there's just this, can we get to something that's next? We're looking for all of these things. I'm afraid, and this is the warning, I'm afraid that as we're looking for these solutions or looking for what's next or trying to figure things out, 
we might actually miss the direction of God. Because unlike Simeon, we're not living righteously and devout. We're not praying and asking God to comfort and move among his people. Or perhaps we're just not allowing the Holy Spirit and yielding to him in our lives. We're wanting what we want. Look at verse 26. This is the promise that Simeon had. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Now think about all the things that Simeon could have wanted to see. You see, Simeon also lived in a difficult time. Simeon also, well, we don't live in this time, but Simeon lived in a time when the Romans were occupying the land, when there were soldiers on the street, when there was oppression all around, when there was heavy taxation that they were, when the poverty was rampant, where people were just trying to survive. These were not good days. Simeon could have longed for all of those things, and I'm sure he did, to have relief from those. But in the midst of it, do you notice what God revealed? Not that he would see a restoration of the kingdom under David. Not that he would see economic success, but that you would see the Lord's Messiah. What if we allowed God to change our hearts? That my goal today is not relief, but that I would see Jesus glorified. Not that there would be comfort, but though God is the God of all comfort and compassion. We know that from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. But not just that, but that God's presence would be there. We would see the Lord's Messiah do what the Lord's Messiah does. What Jesus does in hearts and lives as he brings the comfort that only he can bring. As he can bring the transformation that only he can bring. Are we longing to see Jesus glorified in our lives? Moved by the Spirit, it says in verse 27, he went to the temple courts where the parents brought in the child to do for him what was the custom the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God and said, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you can now dismiss your servant in peace. What an odd beginning to that prayer. Dismiss your servant in peace. Like, yep, I'm done. That's it. I'm, through, I'm, I'm, done, I'm ready. I, I don't know too many of us that are ready to check out. I don't, I, I, we're not necessarily ready to go. We longed and we hold on for every bit of life. Some of you all uh, working with my parents, I'll, I'll let you in in that little window. My parents are approaching an age. My wife's parents are approaching an age where they're needing some extra help. They're not having it. I'm just letting you know. They are not having it. They don't want anybody to come and help clean. Mm -mm, I've been cleaning for 80 years. I can clean today. It's like, okay. I can climb up on that top shelf and get whatever I can. I'm thinking, oh boy. Yeah, uh, I, everything they do makes me nervous. We can drive. And I'm thinking, mm -hmm, I'm holding on for dear life. I'm like, please let me drive. Uh, there's all, we're holding on to dear life. because, And we want to help our parents have dignity in these days. We want them to have their freedom in these days. Obviously, we care about them. But also we care about them and want to protect, right? Our parents are hanging on to every bit of life. They, and God is using them. And God is doing good things in their lives. I'm thrilled for that. 
Here Simeon though has this, you can dismiss me in peace because Jesus is glorified. Jesus is here. He's what I wanted to see. His prayer goes on in verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all nations. A light of revelation for the Gentiles and glory for your people Israel. Looking for Jesus' glory, what does it do? One, it frees us. It frees us. It frees us to live in peace because we're not so worried about our worries. We're not so worried about our desires. We're not so worried to see just what we want to see, but instead, whatever it takes, whatever it costs, Jesus be glorified. That gives me peace because Jesus will be glorified. <laughs> He's going to be good. We know from Philippians chapter 2 that there will be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's happening. It's coming. I can have peace no matter what happens in this world, in this nation, in my family. It focuses on the reality of salvation. He says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. We are not people that are only concerned with eternity but we are people that are definitely concerned about eternity. That is where our inheritance is. Our family ultimately is. Our riches ultimately are. It's there. It's not in my retirement plan here or by my goals for this year or my... That's where I'm spending literally eternity. My eyes have seen your salvation. It is wrapped up in the person of Jesus Christ who will be king forever and is king reigning now. Lord, let me see your salvation. And finally, it focuses us on the mission of God. Notice that, that Simeon has known the scriptures and he knows those prophecies because he's quoting Isaiah when he says, a, a light of revelation, a light of revelation to the Gentiles or to the nations and glory for your people Israel. Jesus ultimately is not just for us, but he is for all people. He has come and the message of good news belongs to everyone. My sweet saintly in-laws were delivering food uh, in an in inner city apartment ministry that their church does. They go down there and leave food on the porch every week, staying socially distanced and not they, in their 80s teach, this, teach children tutoring usually after school, but are not doing that right now uh, because of COVID. And so they're just leaving food baskets at all of the families. I feel like the ministry has been taken from them a little bit, right? Well... Sort of. You see, a, a, a man who was homeless walked up to them this past week and, and just was asking, telling his life story and was asking, he's going to ask them for some money. And here's what they said. All of a sudden, they just said, you need the Lord. And my West Texas never says more than two or three words at a time. A father-in-law just began to preach the gospel of salvation to him. And the guy was riveted. He wanted five bucks, he got five dollars. But more than that, he left in tears as he heard about a God who loved him, a Savior who died for him and rose again to give him life. The Lord is moving right now. Do we want our tutoring program the way we want it? Or do we want Jesus to be glorified? Jesus be glorified. At the end of this passage it just says in verse 33 the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him 
I hope we're marveling at Jesus. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts and hearts of many in Israel will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own heart as well. I hope that we will allow Jesus to speak to our hearts today to cause the falling of our idols, of the things that are, that are maybe the false things that we're pushing as this ought to be what I need and this is what I'm longing for and this is what I'm waiting for. And the rising of the morning star, Jesus Christ in our lives, that he would be the one we're concerned about, that he's the one we are passionate about. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that you would continue to move on our hearts that you would be the one that would be glorified in our thoughts, in our actions, in our words, that we would long for you to be lifted up, even in the difficulties. Don't take the difficulties away. Be glorified in the middle. Comfort those who are hurting with the comfort only you can give. And God, give your servants peace. pray these things, knowing that you hear us, that you love us, because of Jesus, and in his name. Amen. Amen.